0: The KCLR Daily with Brian Redmond on air, online and on smart speaker. Joining us in the studio, a guest I got to meet a number of times in the build up to Christmas because over the last 86 days... The conflict in Gaza has raged, and who better to keep us informed, keep us up to date, and bringing us all that expert knowledge is Kieran Brennan, retired Major General. Welcome along to uh, the first Casey Lord Daily, the first guest of the year, Kieran. Thank you very much, Brian, and Happy New Year to you and to all of your listeners around Kilkenny and surrounding areas. Did you manage to balance having a nice, relaxing Christmas with keeping an eye on what was going on in the Middle East? Yeah nice Christmas, nice
1: family Christmas but sadly as we speak war continued to rage not just in the Middle East but we also saw events in, in, in Ukraine mm. which show that there was no end in sight to that conflict either unfortunately.
0: That will be two years um, two in years February.
1: Two years on February the 24th which was unconscionable when you think about it back two years ago I was sitting in this studio the week after that conflict and you know the presumption was the war would end you know, pretty quickly but here we are two years and heading into the third year of that conflict and it's getting worse and worse, it seems, because now it looks to be a deliberate targeting of civilians... Indeed, from both sides, yeah. we saw it
0: for the last couple of days. It's amazing. I mean, I spoke to so many of the aid agencies in the build up to Christmas, yeah. and th- we talked about the conflict in Gaza, yeah. we talked about the conflict in the Ukraine, but so many of them are at pains to point out that there's actually so many conflicts going on around the world that don't make the news cycles.
1: Correct. If you look at, for example, the, 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 the civil war in, in Sudan, which is raging at the moment between the government forces and what the rapid response force, so-called rapid response force, that is a war that has caused huge angst in in Darfur, which had been relatively peaceful since, say, the early part of the, the noughties, is now engulfed in conflict. And we remember Darfur was the trigger point for international intervention way back in, particularly from my time going to Chad, for example. We're now back to square one in that country. Yeah. And there are many other areas. There's a civil war raging in Myanmar, the, old, the former Burma, and there's many other regional conflicts going on. So since... Since the advent of COVID uh, 2020, the world has been in turmoil. And you add in climate change to that, you have a very challenging uh,
0: geopolitical and environmental situation out there at the moment. uh, As many of us do over Christmas, took a bit of time to watch a bit of TV and watch some movies. And we'll talk in more detail about Gaza in a moment. Um, But I watched the movie Oppenheimer, of course, about the Manhattan Project. And what struck me watching that was, at that time, Um, With the advent of the atomic bomb and the hydrogen bomb, um, people thought that maybe it would not just be the end to that war, but indeed possibly the end to all wars. We've learned so little over the last 60, 80 years, haven't we?
1: But, you know, uh, it's strange enough, in in many ways, uh, if you look at what, for example, the policy that was adopted during the Cold War, this uh, mutually assured destruction or MAD between the USSR and and the United States, in effect, nuclear weapons ensured that the world did not go to war because the prospect of, of a third world war with nuclear weapons was so... It was so uh, you know uh, horrible to contemplate that 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 the prospect of using those weapons again kept both sides from going to war, mm. and hopefully that will remain the case uh, at the moment, but yet nuclear weapons continue to be in the forefront of people 's minds, for example, in North Korea, the Iranians are endeavoring to get a nuclear weapon, and uh, you know what you don 't need is the proliferation of nuclear
0: weapons which states who have potentially the will to use them into the future. And we heard the North Korean leader um, in his New Year address talking about things to come. Hopefully that's only a bit of rhetoric ahead of the American uh, presidential elections which are due to take place this year. But moving on to Gaza, um, 86 days. We heard over the weekend um, of the Israeli, the IDF, the Israeli Defence Forces, withdrawing some of their troops from the Gaza region. Um, Was that always going to have to happen after the initial onset of the war? Yeah, well
1: Netanyahu at the start when he announced, when he said that, you know, the state of israel was at war with hamas he immediately called up hundreds of thousands of reservists now there's a significant permanent israeli defense forces but they also have a huge reserve component and calling up the reserve component means taking people out of key functional areas of the state whether it's it whether it's law enforcement whether it's teaching whatever it is so it obviously has an impact on the economy uh, and obviously, I, I it struck me as being strange that that number was called up, given that the, the, the Gaza operation was not going to be uh, require that amount of, of troops. So it seems now that they have uh, just made the decision to at least uh, take a number of brigades, size, you know, this would be units of up to two to 3,000 strength, out of the Gaza region and reintegrate, reintegrate the reserves back into uh, civil society, probably because the economy is
0: ailing somewhat. That would be my estimation of and it. And you explained to us at the onset of this war that the, that the Israeli defense forces was, I think, you said the third largest defense force in the world. It's significant defense force. Yeah. I,
1: I, I, I suppose in, in in effectiveness, it would be probably be classified as one of the top five. in in in, in the, there would be larger defense forces like the Russian, the Chinese, the the the, uh, the Americans. But they have a significant. But what? But they have is high tech and highly developed and sophisticated methods of delivering munitions and delivering warfare across a wide spectrum of areas. So, for example, you see them in Gaza at the moment engaging in urban and guerrilla warfare, the most difficult type of war fighting there is. Uh, now, if, for example, they have to deal with the Hezbollah in South Lebanon, that will pose a, a, another challenge to them in the context. It'll be more open, more terrain-focused, etc. So it'll be very interesting to see if that event unfolds, how they're going to deal with Hezbollah in South Lebanon, for example.
0: Possibly a little bit unlike the war in Ukraine, the Israelis seem to be on target or in, in line with their objective, very much focused on the northern part of the Gaza Strip in the initial stages, moving down into the south. Is it because they've got this condition of the battlefield, if you like, that maybe they don't need as many of those reservists anymore. Well,
1: well, first of all, in an urban environment, I suppose, the, the, the opportunity to use high-end equipment is quite limited. So you can see, for example, they can't bring in a brigade of tanks in, into northern Gaza. They bring in probably a, a company of tanks, maybe 10 or 12 tanks, battalion of tanks. Uh, so their ability to utilise, max max out on their, 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 their warfare potential is not there in, a, in an urban setting. That's why, for example, you see so much uh, uh, kinetic activity coming from the air, where they, 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 meet objected, obstacle obstacle under advance. Uh, they're not going to put their own lives in danger. They call in an airstrike, and sadly, because of the, uh, because of that, those airstrikes, so many Gazans are dying. But also, mm. I could would say to you that his, uh, has Hamas are also using the civilian population, uh, you know, to, to their own benefit as well, uh, because we have seen quite significant evidence of the manner in which they have developed infrastructure in under schools and their hospitals etc. so that's an issue as well that would probably have to be addressed when this conflict is over
0: you used the phrase there, kinetic warfare or kinetic uh, uh, energy there a moment I'm ago I'm talking about bombs coming exactly. from the air Brian. Yeah.
1: or mean artillery shells coming from say the, the Israel so anything that's kinetic is 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 is, is that's coming at you to create it's time destruction to, it's time to to take cover it causes destruction but more particularly, causes death.
0: A thousand deaths on average per week. Yeah, so well, at I this stage, uh, twenty-two
1: thousand. But you have to reflect on 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 the root cause of this. On the seventh of October, Hamas conducted a pretty ferocious assault on the state of Israel. Twelve hundred people were effectively murdered. I, you know, had that not happened, twenty-two thousand people in Gaza would still be alive today. The infrastructure in Gaza would still be standing. So Hamas has a huge responsibility. Uh, in respect of what, what has happened, but also the State of Israel has a huge responsibility in the manner in which they conduct their operations to minimise civilian casualties
0: in this particular environment. Do you think the actions that the IDF have engaged in so far um, was the only route that they could take, or could they have done a lot more um to carry out their mission without causing as much widespread death and destruction as the People have got
1: to understand that the Gaza Strip is a very, very constricted area of, 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 of real estate. It, it it stretches, say, from here, for example, to the outskirts of Carlo It's about 12 kilometres wide at its maximum. It has 2 million people no matter what kind of a military operation you would conduct in that particular area, you're always going to incur civilian casualties. Uh, and sadly, that, is, that has been the case. There was, no, there was never going to be a situation where the Israelis were going to be able to go in to, to Gaza at any point and not uh, have civilian casualties. That sadly is, is the feature. And we see that, for example, in, 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 in Ukraine as well, that the first casualties of war are civilians, and primarily within that civilian cohort, women and children.
0: What's next um, for Israel? Do they just continue to to bombard Israel to bombard the Gaza Strip and the people? Well, I Palestine? suppose
1: the next couple of weeks are going to be incrementally, as I see it, Brian. Uh, the, the the conflict is widening at the moment. For example, you see. Um, you see, for example, in in, in, in in the Red Sea, for example, the Houthis are now engaging in kinetic activity against warships in that region, uh, disrupting supply chain. And that has impact, that's going to impact us here in Ireland, you know, uh, in respect of our supply chains of, of consumer goods coming from from the Far East. The Israeli ambassador recently to the uh, United Nations spoke about the actions of Hezbollah are reaching a point of no return in respect of what they're doing in in, northern, uh, in in Lebanon in respect of the Israeli settlement in northern Israel. What does that mean? It means potentially that this war could spread very, very quickly into southern Lebanon, uh, which would be quite ferocious because back in 2006... The israelis invaded south lebanon and effectively they were fought to a standstill by hezbollah for 34 days which are which an event that's quite openly celebrated by hezbollah in south lebanon and i've been to one of the memorials celebrating that particular event so if, if the war was to spread uh, I, I, you know it could have huge implications for the wider middle eastern region as for gaza netanyahu the Premier, the, Pre, the president the prime minister of israel his political fate is tied into a strategic success to my mind in, in Gaza, which is the elimination of Hamas, the military elimination of Hamas. Whether he achieves that success or not, he seems hell bent on on, on 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 continuing the war until Hamas is eliminated. So that seems to be the only outcome at the moment. Whether the international community and particularly the Americans can prevail upon the Israelis to to to, to put a permanent ceasefire in place, that's another matter. There's been a number of attempts at the United Nations, but not successful.
0: Um, uh, As things in the Gaza Strip progress, whether Israel gets to its objective or not, do you expect them or think that they'll turn their attention to the West Bank at any point?
1: Their attention is there in the West Bank. The West Bank, uh, we we speak of the West Bank, the the, the Israelis speak of the West Bank as Judea and Samaria, the biblical lands given to the Jewish people by God many, many thousands of years ago. That is the genesis of the problem in the West Bank. The right-wing hardline Israelis see the West Bank Samaria and Judea as their land and they want the Palestinians so that's another uh, a very very challenging situation to date there's been over 250 uh, people from the West Bank including up to 70 children have died since the start and that's kind of glossed over slightly yeah. there's a huge military presence in the, in the West Bank and uh, that, but but The international community, Brian, to my mind, have been very, very remiss over many, many, and indeed the Palestinians themselves, in not having this matter resolved. Having a two-state solution where the Israeli people and the uh, Palestinians could live side by side. And it baffles me that there's no adult in the room that cannot see the, the absolute connection between the Israelis having peace and security on the one hand, and the Israeli and the Palestinians having a freedom to, to to conduct their own affairs and have their own country on the other hand it just baffles me that that cannot those two uh, uh, competing interests cannot come together 86 days
0: so far uh, how many more days ahead do you think
1: it's going to continue Brian unfortunately the Israelis don't seem to have uh, uh, exhausted their will to uh, to continue the war and also Hamas, the, the, the fighting unit that's in the, uh, Gaza does not seem to have exhausted their will to resist. So until such time as, 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 as both of them lose their will to resist or indeed their will to, to continue to fight in the case of the Israelis, the war will continue sadly and we'll be having this conversation. Again, unfortunately, a bit like the time I came in here around the Ukrainian war mm. when we spoke about the, the war ending by midsummer of 2022, it's very difficult to predict. But it really will come down to how much pressure the Americans will ultimately be able to put on the Israelis. Well so there was one, one, just one last point, yeah. Brian. Sorry for I go. Sure enough one, 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 pe- one group I haven't mentioned here this morning that are very, very important are the hostages that are still held. They're being held in tunnels. I presume they're in, kept, being kept in horrendous conditions and we have to keep them in our thoughts as well. They're being, you know, th- those are prisoners of this conflict as well and their families want them home as well. So they can't be forgotten about either.
0: Absolutely correct. Retired Major General Kieran Brennan, thanks for joining us this morning on the KCLR Daily the KCLor daily with brian redmond on air online and on smart speaker with thanks to the fairgreen shopping center gift card the perfect gift for all occasions see fairgreen.ie